Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to New Books Network. I'm your host, Schneer Zalman Newfield. An unexpected fusion of two major Western religious traditions, Judaism and Christianity, has been developing in many parts of the world. Contemporary Christian movements are not only adopting Jewish symbols and aesthetics, but also promoting Jewish practices, rituals, and lifestyles. Uh, becoming Jewish, believing in Jesus, Judaizing evangelicals in Brazil, published by Oxford University Press in 2021, is the first in-depth ethnography to investigate this growing worldwide religious tendency in the global South, focusing on an austere, Judaizing evangelical variant in Brazil. Manuela Carpinetto explores the surprising identification with Jewish Jews and Judaism by people with exclusively charismatic evangelical backgrounds, Drawing upon extensive fieldwork and socio-cultural analysis, the book analyzes the historical, religious, and, sh- and subjective reasons behind this growing trend in charismatic evangelicalism. Manuela Carpinetto uh, is a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Groningen in the Netherlands. I'm so glad her new book has brought her to our program. Welcome. Well, thank you so much, Salman, for your nice invitation. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here talking about my book. So, yeah, thank you so much. Of course. So now, uh, uh, to get started, could you please tell us about your background and what led you to write this work? Oh, uh, this is a very uh, interesting question, though, because, uh, well, I, I'm Brazilian, so I, I, I did most of my training, my BA was in Brazil, I did in social psychology, uh, and then I came to, to Europe, uh, to the UK, where I did my PhD at Cambridge, uh, so I'm a social scientist, I did my PhD in sociology, and uh, uh, so, and I started to work uh, before I was very interested in, in this, um, you have many communities, uh, either in Paris, in London, you have uh, Latinas, Brazilian uh, women that will just join uh, Pentecostal churches in these uh, centers, uh, so in the cities. So I was investigating uh, these issues uh, for my master's. And then uh, I, 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 I turned my attention to my, my home country, um, not London, not Paris, then my home country. And uh, I had a chance to, to, to get access to this community, uh, which is combining, was combining uh, the time, no, it's combining uh, Judaism and Christianity. So found a very interesting uh, topic of research. And, and while I was very interested in these migrant churches, which we call these Pentecostal migrant churches, I thought it was something interesting to go back to my own uh, country uh, and explore a kind of new religious movement that was emerging there. So uh, was, this is a bit of my, my background story and also the stories of women that uh, were always uh, very much um, at the heart of my uh, research agenda, why women, uh, uh, why women will embrace religion, even if some religions have all this kind of patriarchal um, uh, notes and, 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 and ideas. So this is, was my, the background story, why I ended up um, studying the Judaizing evangelicals. Right. Okay. And to to give a, our listeners a sense of the scope of uh, the phenomenon that you describe in your book, uh, how many people roughly in Brazil are a part of this tradition that you call Judaizing evangelicals? Yeah. Uh, w- when I was doing my my field work uh, and within this community, you had this this community was a, a former network of uh, charismatic evangelical churches and I would say Pentecostal churches, and they uh, were around 100 communities spread all over Brazil. You also had some communities in uh, Argentina, uh, in other parts of Latin America. 
and as well as they, they were moving uh, to, to Africa as well. So uh, you had these 100 congregations roughly, um, and according to the leaders was around 8,000, uh, 10,000 uh, believers. Uh, so you have this, this this umbrella of this this institution uh, and 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 these people embracing the the transformation. Yeah, well, that, I mean, it's just so fascinating, and we're going to talk about some of the details of the beliefs and the practices of the people that you study. Um, and I just want to highlight that, and and as listeners will hear, you know, shortly, uh, there's this is a very distinct blend of Judaism and Christianity. So I just want to highlight that this is not kind of, um, you know, a few people that you're describing. You say maybe 10,000 people just in Brazil alone that are part of these these communities. This is not a, um, you know, a, 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 um, uh, you know, just a kind of marginal group of people that are that are doing these uh, you know, practices and these uh, these rituals. Yeah, so you have the number, and for Brazil, well, Brazil is pretty big, and 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 the kind of religious diversity that we have, it's pretty intense. Uh, and 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 I would say that this this kind of trend of adopting um, certain Jewish rituals, any Jewish material culture, it's not only in the community I work with. You can see even in mainstream Pentecostal churches nowadays in Brazil. Uh, you have many communities playing around the feasts as well as some rituals um, celebrating uh, Passover, for instance. So uh, it's, I, I think it's part, it's one extreme of a larger tendency within Pentecostalism, at least in the south of the globe, in, in, in Brazilian Pentecostalism, we can see, for instance, a good example, I don't know if you are aware about the, the temple of, of, of the King Solomon in Sao Paulo. You have a replica of the king uh, of the temple uh, that was constructed by a neo-Pentecostal church, so that emulates the kind of temple. of. So you have this large... The temple of... The the, 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 the the sort of historic or mythical temple of King Solomon in, in Jerusalem. You're saying that there's a temp there's a physical structure in Sao Paulo in Brazil. Yeah, in the outskirts of the city, yeah. That tries to replicate the a- ancient temple, the Israelite temple in Jerusalem. Exactly. Actually, it's way bigger than the descriptions, you know, that one can find in the Bible. They brought all the stones from Jerusalem. So the Neopentecostal church brought all that and invested. It's, it's, it's a kind of, it's, it's a huge, and then we can think about the material culture here, the Jewish kind of material culture emerging in, in the, you know, in the outskirts of Sao Paulo, of a Southern American city. And, and of course, that my, my book deals not with this community, with the Neopentecostal church that constructed that, but with this larger tendency within uh, um, Christianity, which is this borrowing. Oh, it's not new, of course. <laughs> it's not, nothing new out from the sun or just this, this borrowing from, 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 from Judaism, but it's something that is gaining attraction or uh, it's... Uh, uh, is gaining a momentum in, in, in the global south. And, and in my book, I, I, I try to, to tell the story um, how uh, this community, the Judaizing Evangelicals, and how these tendencies within um, in Brazil uh, Pentecostalists are different from the US, which is larger in study, you know, Christian Zionism and uh, Messianic Judaism. You have these tendencies that they uh, tell uh, how this borrowing uh, happens in, in the U.S. And my book and also my, my, my broader research agenda tries to unpack how differently uh, people, uh, Pentecostals in the global south, are uh, utilizing and manipulating these Jewish elements and the, very differently and, 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 and also telling a different story uh, about uh, themselves as well. Right. So you kind of mentioned that, of course, the history of the relationship between Judaism and Christianity uh, historically is a very complicated one because Christianity is, is, is an outgrowth, in a sense, of 
Judaism. Of course, Jesus mm-hmm. was Jewish and all of the apostles were Jewish. And so, uh, you know, from the very uh, uh, beginning of Christianity, it was heavily influenced and borrowed many aspects of Judaism. And then since then and, and, and until contemporary times, there's been all sorts of, of, of um, movements and, and um, developments in Christianity that have uh, um, adopted or, or, or um, incorporated aspects of Judaism within their own faith, within their own um, belief system and, and practices. And uh, so uh, uh, could you help us understand what is sort of distinct about the Judaizing evangelicals that you are looking at compared to this history and also compared to more contemporary uh, other contemporary manifestations within Christianity, such as the Christian Zionists and the Messian- the quote Messianic Jews. How are the Judaizing evangelicals that you study different than those other two uh, contemporary uh, Christian manifestations? Well, uh, first of all, I think that in terms of um, uh, how they see themselves, well, they see themselves emulating the early church, you know, uh, and all this kind of environment in which uh, Judaism and Jewish laws were very present. So the idea that that uh, uh, that Jesus was was a Jew and probably were fulfilling the Torah and 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 obeying all the laws. So this is a kind of inspiration for them. So uh, so there is this attachment with this early Christian church. Uh, but in terms of how 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 this community uh, is uh, uh, is doing some something different from Christian Zionism and Messianic Judaism, well. First of all, Messianic Judaism, we, we have uh, ethnic Jews uh, that, uh, that they start believing, or they, they convert to, to a form of, of Christianity, well, because they believe in Jesus and all the, uh, the core Christian values. Uh, although they are still keeping uh, their Jewishness through some, you know, rituals and some, some, uh, um, uh, some religious practices. Uh, Oh, the Judaizing evangelicals, uh, they they don't make this claim. They are they 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 were former Pentecostals. They were former Christians, so they are not ethnic ethnic Jews. Although many of them, some of them, uh, they make the claim that they. Uh, oh, this is this is interesting. How uh, some of the people I interviewed would would um, would also say that uh, that they would have kind of a far connection with uh, uh, ethnic Jews because of the Marano or the Benean Usim. So you have the Benean Usim and the Maranos. They were the Jews from Liberian Peninsula uh, that they they went, uh, many of them, they were expelled during the Inquisition, Inquisition times we have, and they were expelled. Uh, In the late 1400s. Exactly. So, yeah, Inquisition, they were expelled from uh, from the, uh, first from Spain, and then went to Portugal, and then Portugal, uh, many of them, they, they went to, to Latin America, for instance, um, um, to, to, to to, to, to seek other opportunities and, and so on and so forth. And you have strong uh, historical research uh, exploring the, this phenomenon, the work of Nata Vastel, for instance, Anita Novinsky, and how there is this element, at, at least in, in Brazil, you know, this is widely researched, of uh, this Maran or Benayan Sin ethnic stock uh, so the, many of the, the members of, of the community I work with would just, oh yeah, I'm 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 a bit a Jew because and they would just link with these customs or these narratives about their Jewishness. Uh, but it's not as clear as the Messianic Jews in in, in the U.S. or in, in different countries that they are, you know, ethnic Jews. <laughs> Very clearly, they are ethnic Jews that go through the process of converting or believing in Jesus. So this is not the case. So uh, the whole kind of um, ethnicity issue uh, is not as, as, as clear. The Jewishness of them, it's a bit contested. And many of them, they wouldn't make the claim that they are, you know, connected with the Bnei or Marano. So it's not something very important to them. Uh, for the Christian Zionists, you have... Uh, uh, the strong mobilization of, 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 of and, and this is based in a Christian eschatology in which 
um, uh, that you know Christians believe in this in this uh, theological view. Christians believe that in order to you know to pave the way for the second coming of Jesus, um, the Jews have to be in Israel. They have to be all. They have to be there, and you know they also will convert eventually to Christianity. So that Jesus can come back again. So when, and you have all the, the 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 kind of political force and political lobby for that. Uh, and this, the Christian Zionists, they're pretty Christian, so uh, they they are not adopting any kind of uh, 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 Jewish uh, practices. Or some sometimes they they play around, you know, with the Israel flag. It's very important. If you anyone that goes to a Christian Zionist congregation will find a, a flag. Uh, but won't find someone, as I, I witnessed with the Judaizing evangelicals, saying, okay, now we have to comply with the kashrut, with the dietary laws. Now we have to comply with the tarahah mishpaha, which are the purity, family purity laws that regulate um, the sexual life of, of, of Orthodox Jews or observant Jews. So uh, this is... This is why the Judaizing and evangelicals are, are, are different from this other, uh, um, this other uh, um, uh, groups or Christian Zionists or Messianic Jews. They are really going, moving forward to a more uh, Jewish uh, practice and Jewish way of living uh, in terms of practice and also theological understandings. So, uh, yeah. Right, really quite quite different, quite distinct, if not wholly unique in the history of of uh, of, of of Christianity. Um, uh, to go back to the the people that you studied, geographically speaking, where in Brazil do these religious people live? Is there a particular geographical distribution of where where they're located? Well, uh, I've been to urban kind of in urban congregations. I did mostly into into uh, congregations in in cities, in large cities, cities in Brazil, like three hundred million, uh, three hundred three million, four million people. Uh, that Brazil is not that big, <laughs> um, uh, but you also had congregations in the countryside. Uh, you have families and, 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 and small congregations in, 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 in way smaller uh, uh, cities. So it was nothing connected. You have urban kind of in urban uh, um, uh, context as well as in, in more like in the countryside uh, uh, as well. Yeah. Right, right. And socially and economically speaking, what is the background of the people that you explore? Yeah, they, uh, as I describe in the book, uh, they, they are from a working class background uh, um, and uh, a lower middle class. Some, some members were interested, in, were, were, were more uh, uh, lower uh, middle class. Yeah, uh, they, they also, many of them, they had to change their previous occupation because they had to comply with the, the Jewish feasts. They had to comply with the Shabbat and all that. So there's also uh, many of them, they, they had to go for a more um, uh, autonomous kind of, oh, they, 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 they became, instead of being an employee, they would go and have their own business or their own, where they can negotiate a bit better, small business, uh, they negotiate a bit better their arrangements uh, in terms of, of their, their their life because of these restrictions, these new laws were just coming to that. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing that's fascinating about that is that, um, you know, I mean, again, we're, we're going to talk about some more of these details that are just so, so interesting because of the parallels and the distinctions between them and and uh, you know between the 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 Judaizing evangelicals and Orthodox or even ultra Orthodox Jews in Amer say America or you know other countries. Um, and one thing that just jumps out at me when you were describing how some people needed to change their employment situation in order to comply with Jewish uh, quote unquote Jewish uh, you know Sabbath or holiday observances. This is something that, you know, many Orthodox Jews the world over are very familiar with. 
you know, where either they need to get go into certain kinds of professions, or if they go into a particular profession, they need to get, you know, permission from their, you know, their bosses from their company in order to be able to observe the Sabbath. And you're saying that there are people in Brazil who are born in Christian families who are part of Pentecostal Christian churches and then go through some kind of a conversion or transformation, not conversion, transformation process to, to join these, um, what you call the Judaizing, uh, um, uh, meaning Jewish, you know, to, to make Jewish um, Judaizing uh, evangelicals, uh, they end up in a situation where they also need to change their employment uh, status or rearrange things in order to be in compliance with their own form of Sabbath observance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, th this was, was very, you know, remember even uh, th this institution would also provide certain kind of uh, training for people to retrain uh, and, and, and also to, to, to provide certain services for the community, uh, such as the, the, how to slaughter properly the meat. So all, you, have, you had some certain trainings in which they, they would train people to, to, to uh, you know, in a different employment or to serve the community in different ways as well. So right. uh, as a way to uh, mediate the, this, this radical change. Right. And could you give us a sense of just how extensive the adoption of quote unquote Jewish law or custom actually, you know, permeates uh, uh, the, these uh, Christian communities that you look at? Oh yeah, I think that I described very well uh, and on my trajectory with the women. So uh, this 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 community, as you can you know, we can imagine, they were very rigid in terms of gender. So my most of my, of course, that I I, I had the chance to interview uh, uh, leaders, but the bulk of my 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 ethnography I did among women, uh, and and um, and through their stories uh, I could. <laughs> I could see how uh, radical uh, all this adoption of, of, of Jewish laws uh, uh, were in their life, in terms of of them. Uh, for instance, before they were Pentecostals, no, and then you know normally you know if you're Pentecostal you go to the church, uh, and, and 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 Brazilian Pentecostalism it, it's really interesting in terms of, of um, this this uh, connections with prosperity gospel. So, like, uh, when 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 um, when believers go to the church in order to receive a blessing, to receive a kind of a monetary kind of <laughs> uh, um, blessing, well, and also we, uh, some churches also ask donations from the church. Um, that is a kind of uh, reciprocity here. <laughs> um, but but the, just just to just to to clarify for listeners, the um, um, prosperity gospel. The the idea is that that uh, these are particular churches that promote this idea that if you're a true believer, if you're truly devout and committed to the church and and the gospel, then you will have material wealth, not just you know in heaven, but you'll actually get rich here on earth and you're saying that that this is a a, um, a popular um, um, aspect of some churches christian churches in in brazil yeah exactly so ma many of of the, the the people i work with they were in this, this they were raised up in in this in this in this community as well as the spiritual warfare uh you have many elements in the neo Pentecostal uh, 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 churches in Brazil that they were used to uh, to embrace. What do you uh, mean the spiritual warfare? What does that refer to? Oh, uh, spiritual warfare. There's this this belief that uh, the world is divided in 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 or is somehow enchanted, and and you have God and Satan, and God and Satan are operating in our reality. So, uh, and in in if you choose God, you have to be very watchful on how what Satan can. And, you know, like with temptations or, you know, so there is a whole kind of dimension in which uh, you have to be powerful, you know, um, like spiritual powerful in order to uh, avoid all this kind of satanic influences. And within in Brazil, the satanic influences 
oh boy, <laughs> are connected with other religions many times, with Afro, Afro-Brazilian religions. That, you know, if someone goes to a, an Afro-Brazilian kind of temple, you can get contaminated and, and, and have, you know, <laughs> be, bewitched by, by that. So there is this, this reality in which it's very combat, you know, like this uh, uh, challenge with, uh, with the this, this satanic realm. And, and in this case, in Brazil, it's with indigenous and, and Afro-Brazilian religion. So, uh, but also with, with kind of mundane issues, with depression, with drug abuse. So uh, everything is seen as, okay, this is sat- Satan is, is, is basically is, is, um, is trying to, uh, uh, to tempt myself and I, I can uh, yeah but then you go to the church you get you know this this um, uh, uh, this support this emotional support uh, and, and through you know Jesus to, to all these beliefs you can uh, you have tools to, to, to fight against that so this is the reality of many of the people that I worked with before um and uh of course they were christians they, they were not complying with any kind of of jewish laws um and then with the process with the judaizing process uh the the, the community and this is very you know kind of group oriented uh they started realizing you know in their words that actually uh what jesus was telling uh was you know in order to comply to the to all the laws was, you know, a, a main teaching was about uh, fulfilling the laws, just like the Jewish law. So uh, in order to be a good believer and emulate Jesus, one should then comply with the Shabbat laws and comply with the the, 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 the family purity laws and comply with the Kashrut laws. So all this transformation, so these theological understandings were uh, going through this. Uh, and I, I, as I explain in my book, many of the people, many of the women I worked with, they, they were rejecting all these teachings that they had before in these neo-Pentecostal churches. So they realized, and many, many of them just mentioned, Manuela, I, I don't believe that uh, all this God's message was about being prosperous or... Uh, having material goals, uh, so I, I was very uncomfortable with these teachings in my previous church. That's why I'm moving toward a more like um, a different teaching, which is the one that I, you know, the, the Judaizing evangelical one. The same thing with the, the spiritual warfare. Many of them would just mention, "Wow, this whole idea of everything." connected with the demon, with the demons, with Satan, doesn't make much sense for me. Uh, so why, uh, why I have to be uh, believing on that? This, this is not, doesn't make any sense for me now. What you know, Christianity was about was about fulfilling the law, <laughs> was about emulating, emulating Jesus. And emulating Jesus is also uh, 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 adopting all this Jewish law. So I, I was witnessing how this understand this rejection, this early rejection to this more uh, charismatic Pentecostal teaching, especially this. Uh, I, I could go on and and, and mentioning other uh, other elements, but uh, I think that the spiritual warfare and 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 and, and prosperity gospel they, they do a good job and. and uh, and from there, uh, they they would start then to 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 um, be more interested in 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 accepting all these laws, and 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 they used then, and the community was uh, organizing uh, this theologically uh, in terms of of adopting. Um, uh, the laws that I mentioned. So I saw women, they started to uh, adopt kashrut, so the dietary laws in their home. Of course, that they had lots of negotiations because, and this is interesting because <laughs> the Orthodox Jewish community in Brazil, in certain places, would provide the, the kosher meat. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, the, did the Orthodox Jews in Brazil understand who they were providing it for? And like, like you know, what, what role the the you know the 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 meat the kosher meat played in you know that basically that they were providing it to Christians who yeah. were did they understand that or did they care about that? 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't I haven't done the, the, the kind of background research that I you know would need to in order to answer this this question properly. Uh, but they would. I think that they probably would know that they they weren't Jews, uh, and and they were just buying as well. So uh, I think that uh, in this sense, uh, uh, it was a kind of okay. Yeah, we we, we sell you. Kosher meat. <laughs> Why not? You, you, want kosher, you can have kosher meat, right? I mean, I guess I, I'm just curious. It, you know, not so much what the old, the Orthodox Jews who are selling the meat thought, uh, but more if you have a sense of how the Judaizing Christians present themselves to Orthodox Jews. You know what I mean? In other words, do they come and claim? We're Jews. We're just, you know, we're Orthodox Jews. We're we're following Jewish law. Or do they say, no, 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 we're Christians who are adopting aspects of Jewish law. You know what I mean? And and you also just to, to put a fine point in it, you also mentioned in your book that the um the men in uh the boys and, and or certainly the men in um, the communities that you looked at um, adopt the the practice of, of circumcision, like uh, the bris, like uh, uh, you know Jewish law stipulates, and that at least uh, uh, initially, when this community took on the idea of of the men um, becoming circumcised, some of them were actually circumcised by an Orthodox Jewish mohel, a, a, a circumciser in. In London, in in England, they you know they happened to be there, so they got circumcised. Again, the same kind of thing comes up. Like, did they tell this mohel, yes, we're Orthodox Jews, or did they were they more candid about the kind of complex status that they occupy as Christians who are adopting some Jewish practices? Well, yeah, this is, a, this is a good question. I, I can, it's very difficult to answer because I, I don't know what kind of excuses or how they, they would present themselves. But uh, I, I would say that uh, even, even in, in, in some Orthodox Jewish circles, you have this kind of a revival of the B'nai Anusim and the Maranos going back to, uh, to Judaism. I don't know if they, they, they mobilized something around these lines, um, maybe. Uh, but the, the Judaizing evangelicals, they were not very worried about uh, the Jewish community, the Jewish mainstream community. Of course, that you know, uh, you know, they, they were just reading Talmudic studies and 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 and, and learning Hebrew and going to Israel uh, and 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 doing all that. But uh, they they see you know they see themselves as 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 transforming Christianity. And, and, and just uh, uh, purifying Christianity and these bad ways that, oh, for instance, the prosperity gospel with the whole materialistic kind of things, the spiritual warfare with the whole satanic or Satan centrality. So they, they wanted to purify it and say, well, you Christians, <laughs> I think that that's something, you know, went wrong here. Uh, you forgot about the, the teachings on the laws. And uh, I, we are here to remember you that uh, being a follower of Jesus, it's about uh, fulfilling all these laws. So uh, uh, it, it's more, and they, they will see themselves like how they would proselytize. They would not try to convince ethnic Jews to join the community. This, this, this is very clear for them, that they were interested in uh, the Pentecost or, or the evangelicals and how they could uh, uh, approach this this um, uh, these groups to their Judaizing package or the Judaizing ideas. So, so I, I, sorry, just to, to interject, I think that's really interesting because, to be honest, as someone who was born in the ultra orthodox Jewish community and uh, you know absorbed many of their uh, aspects of their outlook on the on the outside world, including the Christian world. As initially, when I started to read your book, my first thought was, "Why are these people doing this? Is it for missionary purposes?" Because historically, uh, at least sometimes, when uh, um, uh, Christians adopted, you know, more kind of explicitly Jewish aspects to their you know, their own practice, they did it definitely with a, a missionary 
uh, um, motivation, you know, that they would appear more quote unquote Jewish and therefore less threatening to potential, uh, you know, members of the Jewish community and that they would use it sort of as a cover to, um, you know, to, to cozy up to the Jewish community in, 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 with the intention of, you know, getting converts to Christianity. Uh, and there's even um, recently I was reading um, there were, uh, some of the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, some of the, the the missionaries Christian missionaries to Jews in uh, Eastern Europe in the 18 or early 1900s they learned Yiddish in order to speak the language of the Jews in Eastern Europe for the purpose of trying to convert them. So this is not a new thing, uh, um, you know, of Christians adopting some aspect of Jewish life or culture in order to, to, to missionize to the Jewish community. But you're saying that that is not at all a part of uh, the, the kind of um, uh, outlook or, 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 or agenda of the Judaizing Christ, uh, evangelicals that you study. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're just like, it's not uh, on the table in terms of they were not interested as long they were happy with Jews as long as they, <laughs> they would fulfill them and fulfill the Jewishness. No, uh, and, 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 but, but they wouldn't, uh, uh, they, they, the whole proselytization, they, they knew that they know actually that their role is, is within Christianity. And, and that's why I localized them within Christianity and how, uh, 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 all this borrowing with Judaism, as, although they see themselves as playing a key role within Christianity um, in evangelicalism, yeah. All right. So their, in other words, their, their uh, uh, agenda is to, so to speak, uh, revolutionize or transform other evangelical Christians. Yeah. But they're basically saying you, our fellow evangelical Christians, are doing this are doing Christianity wrong and you should yeah. change and do it the way we are doing it. But that, that is really their, 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 their kind of uh, their agenda or their purpose. Yeah. The reform that they are proposing, you know, the purification of Christianity. This is what I understood from the project that they are presenting, organizing. Yeah. Right. And this right. is only possible within this field that I'm describing within Brazil and this contact with this neo-Pentecostal churches, prosperity gospel, the spiritual warfare with these indigenous and Afro-Brazilian uh, religions as well. So that, that's that's why it's it's somehow unique this uh, contact uh, with these other uh, movements and you know why they emerge like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Go ahead. Yeah. No, please, you go ahead. No, and and uh, just to stress again, this idea of somehow being connected with uh, being somehow ethnic Jews, you no, know, with this whole Benayano Sin Marano. Of course, that is something that uh, 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 it is very impossible to 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 prove, you know, in terms of genealogy, because many of of of, of the the Maranos even they they had to change the names, and you have you know persecution as the historians have, have, have conducted a serious research on that, on how, uh, indeed, you know, you had a, a great influx of, of, um, of Sephardic Jews uh, in, in Brazil and other countries in, in Latin America. But then... Uh, hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years ago, of course. And I'm just... The, 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 so there is this idea that being Brazilian is somehow being a bit Jew, <laughs> being a, a Jewish person as well in this talk, because... Brazil is, is, is somehow similar to, 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 to the U.S. There is the kind of idea of a melting pot. Uh, and within, uh, you have great kind of uh, 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 social scientists in, in Brazil that even reinforced that, uh, uh, this idea of the melting pot. So there is the melting pot. You have this kind of element of, you know, the Sephardic Jew that had to convert because well, when the Sephardic Jews from the Inquisition came to Latin, they had to convert to Catholicism as well. <laughs> no, but you know there is this kind of hidden, uh, and and I think that this is worth like as as the symbolic image of uh, yeah of of them just trying to trace down a bit of their own why they are doing this. Oh yeah, we we somehow we are a bit uh, Jews as well. So uh, 
but it's not central, as I was saying. I think that the central theme of the book and my understanding is that they are rejecting these elements of neo-Pentecostalism or this kind of de degeneration of centrality of prosperity gospel, the spiritual warfare and, and other things. Right. Yeah. And and I, I'm just curious and... Um, um, you know, this might be slightly a field of your uh, from your book, but um, my understanding, very limited understanding of the history of Christianity, is that uh, you know the 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 this question of the the centrality of the law of Jew of the halacha of Jewish law in you know uh, Christian communities. Uh, this is a very uh, old debate or disagreement within Christianity. And as I understand it, at least according to some scholars, this is really the split between James uh, and uh, the apostle James and, and Paul. And in other words, from the founding of Christianity, and again, I may be wrong about the details, but my understanding is that that Paul basically argued that if you follow the law, um, you know, the, the uh, Jewish law, um, um, the way that Jews do, then Jesus died for nothing. In other words, the whole purpose of the death of Jesus was that the followers of Jesus no longer are bound by the law the way that Jews were before the arrival and, and, and death of Jesus. So I don't know if, if any of this comes up among your your the people you study but it seems to me that 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 if i'm curious if they're interested in the history of halakha of jewish law within christian thought and whether they have a response uh you know to this idea again as far as i understand that paul basically said we should not follow all the strictures of jewish law and specifically we don't have to be circumcised anymore he said we'll circumcise our hearts we'll you know be connected to jesus or whatever but we won't do circumcision the way that the jews do it uh or the other jews do it um and that it sounds to me like the people you are studying are kind of going back and saying no Paul was wrong or something. I don't know. I don't yeah, know how to deal with this. Spot on. Paul was wrong. <laughs> they say this openly. Yeah, well, they, they have the... They, they, they study the New Testament. So when I've been to, to some ceremonies in which you have uh, just a position like ritualistically with the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So they, it's not that they are neglect the New Testament. I'm not saying that because many times I remember of, of them reading and studying alongside Talmudic readings, which was interesting. <laughs> um, that's, that's why I would like to say that this is a kind of leaf theology. Uh, when I debate my work with theologians, there is this kind of strict boundaries and what is Judaism and what is Christianity. And I always like to, to tell them, well, um, the idea is, 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 uh, is seeing how these uh, theological arguments are being lived by the people I, I was doing research. So, um, of course, that one can say, oh, this is a, you know, this, this, is a, a, this is a wrong interpretation of Paul or this is, a, you know, exact. It's like being Jewish. It's like that. Or, so it's something that uh, I would like to say that is a kind of a leaf theology and this leaf theological mediation they, they were doing in terms of... What do you mean leave? I'm sorry. Lived. People lived. are leaving. Yeah, lived. They are leaving. They are leaving in terms of adopting these laws and, and, and understandings and rejecting the past. So uh, this is the kind of uh, focus that I did on, on my research uh, and how these theological ideas were illuminating their lives. So um, in terms of, of, of discussing, is this, oh, now they are rejecting Paul, so they are no way to be considered Christian. So, well, uh, this, this, is, this is kind of complicated because uh, I was interested in how they were uh, leaving their religion and how they were just negotiating Judaism and Christianity and not just measuring, oh, here is far too like Jewish, or here is always oh, still Christian. So, um, and uh, and as I was saying, they were still attached to many of the Christian uh, uh, Christian uh, uh, symbols of so Jesus. Uh, uh, you also have uh, uh, different rituals uh, that also um, uh, were mirroring uh, Christianity, but you also had the rejection or the question mark of Paul. Well, yeah, uh, for them. Uh, 
the laws were there to be fulfilled. And Jesus was one, the one that was teaching uh, uh, them how to, 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 to live and, and, and to obey the law. So it's, it's a kind of a different interpretation and approximation of, 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 of the Jewish uh, uh, practice and, and, and ways of, of understanding faith. So, uh, and all those ritualistic kind of elements. I think that the whole ritual uh, that they were, uh, especially the women uh, with, with the, the kashrut, with the dietary requirements that they had to adopt, uh, they also had to adopt the purity, uh, family purity laws. The, the family purity laws, for, for those that are listening to us, um, very roughly, I'm just like explaining very roughly. So this means that uh, when a, a woman is menstruating, uh, she's considered uh, in Ida, so she's unclean. Um, and uh, she has uh, to uh, wait, like she has to stop bleeding and wait for, you know, like normally seven days or more uh, till she stopped uh, uh, bleeding. And, and for the, after that, she will go through um, immersion, so in the mikveh. And only after this ritual and through uh, several kind of uh, 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 small uh, practices on taking a bath, well, um, she can resume uh, the sexual life with her, her husband. So uh, can you imagine, you know, for these women that were born, they were Christians, they, uh, and I, I describe in my book and how for them was very difficult because many, many of the women, uh, all the women, yeah, uh, they, they were, you know, former charismatic evangelicals and Pentecostals. And the culture in, in Brazil in terms of gender uh, and, and this kind of uh, uh, communities is that men have, uh, have the power, have the say in terms of uh, sexual availability of women. So uh, it's a, being a good, a moral wife will be being available to a husband. And when they started with this whole conversion, with this whole process of Judaizing, you have this new element, which is the, the purity loss. That, you know, for a certain amount of time, they, they wouldn't be available for, uh, for having a sexual intercourse with their husband. So, and for them, it was very difficult to understand, well, and they would just even, you know, say to me, well, Manuela, I, sometimes I think that I'm, I'm, I'm I, how can I say this? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm really giving a hard time to my, to my husband because, um, well, he's just like he's, he doesn't. He just has, you know, it's just myself, and and uh, I, I I know that being a good wife before was being available to him. Um, so, uh, but now with this new laws, I have to wait, and 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 for him, yeah. So you, you have this kind of moral dilemmas that that this transformation. Uh, uh, really um, um, had for these women and for you know many of the members and all the members had in different stances and you know, can be for women was I think that the, the purity laws were, was, was very difficult for them how they were processing with these changes yeah, so, j- just to clarify the women that you're speaking to presumably their husbands are part of the same they churches are. so at least in theory, the husbands are also accepting the limitations on their sexual life that Jewish purity laws stipulate. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And then all the kind of conversions, or when when the community would just have another uh, like member, they would just do uh, like these conversions or this process with uh, with the family mode. Because of you know the whole, it's very difficult the dietary rules. How we can imp- impose like the dietary rules or the tarahah mishpaha? So they decided. I think that they had the before uh, experiences with people just like, uh, and then they just like it didn't work out. They decided, okay, we just do this like family mode. Otherwise, this is this won't work. If you want to join the community, you have to join as a family unit, not just yeah. a, a man or a woman. Yeah, otherwise it would be very difficult exactly to negotiate that. But even for the women that, of course, that I'm saying, no, this should, you know, they were like married and, 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 and even she would, she, they would tell me, oh yeah, no, Manuela, for my husband is all, it's okay. He's with me. We are, we are doing this process and we think this is the right thing to do. You know, this is what, you know, commandments, 
we have to comply. But for them, you still have the past or your old ways in which you find and the culture, the Brazilian culture and the macho culture going and, and squeezing all, all these different uh, uh, moralities in which they had to negotiate. So uh, I think that this example exemplifies how radical uh, uh, this religious change uh, uh, is for many of the members, because it's not only about a set of beliefs or uh, or the, the question about Paul, it's about your daily life. It's about how you negotiate your food and how you negotiate your sexual life. So, um, yeah. Sure. So, so you, you mentioned that, you know, in, in many ways, the, the people that you studied, both inwardly and outwardly, they really appear like Orthodox Jews. You mentioned that the, the women, we're, they're very concerned about sniut, about quote-unquote modesty laws within Judaism, so they wear you know, very conservative clothing that covers up their body. Um, the, the, they're following, uh, to a great extent, uh, the, the family purity laws about you know, um, uh, when and how um, uh, couples could have uh, sexual relations. They're following Jewish dietary laws. Um, they're, they're having uh, uh, Shabbat, you know, Saturday uh, uh, prayer services. And you mentioned a bunch of the songs that are sung in the services. These are songs that are part of kind of traditional Jewish, um, you know, religious services. Anyone who's been to uh, Orthodox uh, uh, synagogue in America, for instance, uh, or, or, or uh, uh, other liberal uh, Jewish synagogues in America will be familiar with these songs. You know, so they seem in many ways Jewish. Um, at the same time, of course, as you describe, at the core of their religious life is their belief in Jesus and and the fact that they're doing all these things because they feel this is the most um, kind of the purest uh, form of Christianity, not you know the, the the purest form of Judaism. Um, and you 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 talk about how um, Jesus plays a role in the Jewish rituals um, of these communities in a way, of course, that is you know totally uh, uh, contrary uh, to to the the role the the understanding of these rituals within a Jewish, a traditional Jewish context. Um, could you give us an example of how Jesus plays a role for these people in a, 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 um, a Jewish ritual observance that they perform? Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah. I, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, Jesus is, is this kind of, I, I describe a bit uh, about this, he, he or it, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's this bridge, you know, trying to connect their, their, this kind of Christian uh, inclinations and the Christian beliefs and the, the kind of Judah, you know, Jewish styles or Jewish way of, of life that they are living. So the Passover celebration is a good example. They, they call, actually, the Passover is the Passover, uh, uh, is the, of Ye- the Passover uh, of Yeshua. Yeshua is the name of, you know, is the Jesus. Yeah. The Hebrew name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, the Passover of, of, of Yeshua. Um, and so the celebration you have, uh, uh, the, the mix, you know, with, with a, a classic kind of celebration of Passover meal where you have the Haggadah and you have the herbubla, uh, the, the bitter herbs, you have all the, the steps, you know, very Jewish kind of centric uh, in terms of the food. In terms of all the the removal of Hamad, so all the women are very worried about that. It's the same. It's the same. It's just like oh, you have to you know the deep cleaning of your home. So it starts like you know month you know one month before. So they're removing they're removing uh, uh, leaven bread or 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 or, or food um, items that that have uh, um, leaven bread in them. Okay. Uh, before, just like, before, yeah. just like uh, Orthodox Jews uh, and other, you know, traditional Jews would perform before the Passover uh, uh, holiday. 
Yeah, so and they respect, you know, even, you know, the whole kind of the seder, you have all the, the, the rules and the, 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 the songs that one or, or the, 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 the biblical kind of uh, uh, readings that one has to, to, to do. Of course, they also would include some, some passages of the New Testament and the Last Supper of Christ. So you have the Haggadah is a combination of like classic Jewish narratives with some Christian ones. And, uh, well, after the, the meal, you have the, the washing of, of the feet, you know, that emulates the Jesus kind of washing of, of the apostles kind of uh, 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 feet. So uh, there is the kind of bricolage, you know, a combination uh, uh, in which the Seder is also seen as the, the Last Supper of Jesus, you know. Uh, and, and within this negotiation, I think that... That's why I think that this ritual uh, is a good gives us a good glimpse and how they articulate um, their Christianity as well as the, the you know uh, the Judaism they are embracing. So it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting kind of bricolage in which symbols uh, are, are are connected uh, and the Jewish of Jesus as well as the practices of the. The washing of the feet and, and and the whole kind of reading of the New Testament, um, yeah. Things that are obviously completely absent from any traditional Jewish. No, yeah, in the Jewish either <laughs> you don't have like a washing of the feet. <laughs> right, these are these are distinctly Christian customs yeah. or, or or ritual practices that are included in their seder. Um, no, or, or even in, even in the conversion ceremony, you have the the, the tevila that is they, they do the immersion, so they have a mikveh. So in their synagogues, they you, they have a mikveh. Uh, um, yeah. So um, they immerse in a in a ritual body of water. Yeah. So everything is chanted in Hebrew. Uh, the last blessing, though, is done in the name of of Yeshua. So in the name of Jesus. So again, you have. This uh, negotiation between a uh, very Jewish-centric kind of ritualistic uh, uh, with the Christian, you know, the final blessing, uh, right. Jesus, yeah. Right. I, it's I'm a classic cur- of Christianity, yeah. Right, right. I'm curious. I mean, one thing that, that I kept on thinking as I read your, your fascinating book, um, you know, so at least some of the the, the rituals or certainly the... the um, the kind of details of the rituals that they think of as quote unquote Jewish rituals, right. Are, are not biblical rituals or at least not biblical laws. They're actually, uh, um, uh, you know, the out, the, the outgrowth of rabbinic law, you know, things that the rabbis developed that is not in the Torah, that is not in the Bible, you know, uh, and, and at least some of the things that you're talking about, certainly, you know, maybe some of the songs, the tunes and so on are very contemporary, you know. So I wonder if the, 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 the communities that you um, explore, if they're aware of the fact that they're not, at least part of what they're adopting are, are not aspects of, you know, uh, uh, Judaism as Jesus, you know, practiced it. There are things that developed in, you know, uh, medieval Europe, you know, or, or, you know, Eastern Europe in the early uh, 18, uh, 18, 17th, 18th century. And some of the, the, the again, the, the rituals, the practices that you're describing are things that were developed in Brooklyn in, in the 20th or 21st century. Like, I wonder, do they realize that this, that, that what they're absorbing is not a kind of pure, uh, um, expression of Judaism as it was uh, uh, practiced and understood in the time of Jesus. Yeah, well, there is this this inclination of emulating the early church, but this is very curious of this group because they they dive into Talmudic and and and, and post biblical literature, and this is also differentiated um, from all what we are discussing about the the Christian Zionists and a whole kind of other groups that are adopting uh, this kind of Jewish. Uh, rituals and and so they, they they go and they 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 actually they study the Talmud they 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 engage with the post biblical literature. Uh, well, I, I, my hunch is that they probably know about that, but they think that well, yeah, maybe the Orthodox Jews they got this you know a bit you know right, 
in comparison to other uh of course again i go to my comparison within the local there is the the, the kind of uh, the, the christian churches or the, the the pentecostal churches they were from so in their opinion from you know uh, 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 the the good life will be look more like uh, living like an Orthodox Jew than uh, a Pentecostal Christian. So that's why, uh, um, yeah. But it's very fascinating why post-biblical and, 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 and Talmudic literature uh, is guiding their project of renovation. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and, and they are not Jews, no, they're just not, not officially. They can be connected with this Marano thing, but, you know, they aren't. They, they're, they're Pentecostals, yeah, they were Christians, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, well... Um... Uh, another thing that, that jumps out of me in your book, you describe a scene at Yad Vashem, the historic uh, the oh, yeah. Holocaust mm-hmm. Memorial Museum in Israel, uh, when you visited uh, that museum along with a group of the Judaizing evangelicals that you that you study, um, and the, your group was approached by a non-Jewish Brazilian woman who asked your group about the Jewish symbolism of, sil- of of silver candlesticks. Could you could you describe that scene for us? Oh yeah, and and I, I was in, in in at the museum uh, with this group of women. No, uh, and, and 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 this Brazilian woman. She she. I was trans. I, I, I was during my field work. I did a lot of translations for them. So when I was translating uh, some of the information in, in the museum to them, and and this Brazilian woman, this other woman, was just approaching us, trying to understand the kind of symbolism. And one of my my uh, interlocutors, she explained about the the kind of uh, the Hungarians, how how uh, during the, the you know you had the Holocaust and 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 how uh, the this this candlesticks were important and uh, uh, in terms of the celebration of Shabbat in terms of of uh, the historical kind of importance as well so there is this kind of uh, idea that the story the stories of the Holocaust was also part of them or part of their project uh, this is very, you know, can be very controversial, but uh, as well as the ideas of how uh, they also would feel uh, connected with the Inquisition and the whole kind of uh, conversion to Catholicism that many of the Maranos, the Benignos, had to uh, confine. So there's this idea of of of, of um, connecting uh, with this collective memory, with this Jewish collective memory, and and also con- you know with the Holocaust as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. So even though they're not sort of. Uh... You know, their their own family history does not directly, certainly, connect to to Jews anywhere in the world. Uh, they feel that the Holocaust is a tragedy of their people. That they feel that this is part of their, in some ways, uh, um, you know, connected in a sort of direct way with the Holocaust and other. Uh, 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 Jewish traumas. Is that is that correct? Well, I, I would say that they do reflect on that. I don't. I, yeah, they, they they know they are aware that they are not you know ethnic Jews. It, it, for them, it's clear that they are not ethnic Jews. Uh, some, somehow they can be connected through this kind of Marano ideas, but it's not something that they is certain. But uh, there is a whole kind of. Um, discovery about all teams around holocaust teams around uh, uh, of uh, persecution uh, and and this is something that you know it's very interesting for them uh, uh, so uh, I, I've seen this you know in this museum and and also made me reflect on how um, how the teams about ethnicity and about a religion are very intertwined in this project uh, of them. Right. Well, there's so much uh, more we could talk about. It's really, uh, it raises so many, so many fascinating questions. Uh, I'll leave this as the last question. What do you see as the future of Judaizing evangelicalism in Brazil? Where where is Um, this movement headed? Yeah, I think that this is what I'm I'm trying to unpack in my current <laughs> project. Uh, what, what I'm seeing and, and I like to think about that the Judaizing evangelicals are um, a dimension of let's see one one uh, uh, one of the, the the nuances of this new trend in Pentecostalism, in which there is this tendency of 
of, a, of, of, of becoming closer and closer to Judaism. And this can be connected with uh, Jewish material culture. It can be through uh, Jewish practices. Uh, but I think this is kind of a larger tendency. And I'm thinking about here Pentecostalism in the global south and how uh, Judaism is, is becoming this this this, this uh, set of, of religious practices and ideas in which many Christians or Pentecostals are, are, are maybe uh, going for authenticity or um, uh, practices and, 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 and materiality. So uh, I think it's interesting to see the spectrum of that. I think that you know we have the Judaizing evangelicals, but we have other groups, you know, like neo Pentecostals, like the, the build the, the the Temple of Solomon in São Paulo. You have different kind of um, uh, uh, combinations that are possible within this Christian and 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 Jewish spectrum. And what I find fascinating is it, it, not trying to categorize, you know, they, uh, them, them or these groups either as Jews or Christians. It's really uh, describe uh, the richness of this kind of bricolages that we were playing around with the rituals uh, that I was exploring with the Passover, how groups are, are combining these different faiths together in this new, uh, uh, new trend uh, in Christianity. Right. Right. Really, really fascinating. Um, um, we're, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts with us today. Oh, it was a pleasure, Zalman. Thank you for, so much for having me. That concludes our program. Thanks for listening and have a great day.